0: this show going um, if you're watching this after the fact uh, make sure you check the description below for time codes um, so that you can skip around this these streams tend to be about two hours long so the time codes are great uh, thank you to David in advance for making those so that people can find their way around the video We'll just take a few minutes here for people to collect and I'll say hello to folks and uh, Then we'll be on our way Oh, let me pause these I have like two tabs that play it back to me (laughs) Ha! And I paused it in a really weird, when I'm making a weird face Of course uh, yeah, and both cats are in the window right now. Enjoying the sun. Um, hello Pierre. Deep dive in the USB. Hello, unexpected Maker. Hello David. Hello William. Hi Neil. Hello Michael. Hello Beata. And be alone 20. Hello. Oh, and I don't have uh, discords on the wrong thing. This is the third to last stream I'm gonna do before I'm off on paternity leave. Hello, Thomas. Hello, foamy guy. Yeah, we'll see if Vin wants to say, Vin is the closer of the two cats. She's the one that usually doesn't like it when I'm talking, but my uh, nobody's in the house besides me, so that she, I'm the only human she can hang out with <laughs> right now. Hey, Deshipu. Hello, Mark. All right, I guess I don't have to keep waiting. We'll collect some more people. Hey, Keithy. Uh, so we'll do some housekeeping and then go from there. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Yeah, I'm very excited. We have just over, it's a—it's a a month and a week until the due date, so. Is that your cats? Yep, these are the two kitties. Uh, Spook is the one under the plants further away, and then Vin is there with just the spot on her head. Um, Hi, Ham's Lab. Hello, Anecdata. Hello, Folknology. Yep, everything's good. My partner's mom is in town, so that's been fun. Um, Okay, so hello, everyone. Uh, Let me switch off cats, actually, before I do that. Hello everyone, my name is Scott, and I work on CircuitPython for Adafruit. Uh, CircuitPython is a, a version of Python designed for microcontrollers, which are little inexpensive computers. Um, that are, Yeah, really expensive, not super powerful, but they can go in a lot of different places, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, so Adafruit pays me to work on CircuitPython and pays me to stream. Um and uh Adafruit is an open source hardware and software company based out of New York City. So I work from home here uh with the kitties at my side. They're my coworkers um from Seattle here. Uh so yeah. Yeah, they're from the same they're brother and sister from the same litter. So yeah, they're definitely definitely related. Um if you want to support me, you can support me by supporting Adafruit by going to adafruit.com and purchasing hardware there. Um, there's lots of cool stuff coming and lots of cool stuff already out. If you're new to the new to the world of hardware and software and, and embedded stuff, um, if you'd like to chat with the folks that are in here, uh, this middle box <laughs> point that way. Uh, this middle box is the Discord server, which is a chat server that lasts throughout time not just tied to individual streams so you can go to the url adafru.it discord and that will get you into the discord server um, where i hang out we do a bunch of circuit python development and a lot of help helpful folks there so it's a great place to go i always uh, point people to that so um, (laughs) this is a deep dive it happens every week normally on fridays at 2 p.m pacific uh, which is basically now uh, four minutes past now uh, we typically go for about two hours um, things that are kind of further than that <laughs> or longer than that are kind of exhausting and, and folks usually set aside these two hours anyway um, so because we have so much time we' ha- I'm happy to answer questions uh, which I'll get to in just a sec I know I'm a little behind on the chat uh, but before I do that the last few bits of housekeeping um next week will also be on friday and the week after that i think as well Um, those will be my last two streams before i go on paternity leave Um, the baby's not due until the end of next month but i don't want to like try to plan it and then have the baby come early and be worried about that Uh, plus my wife is going to be off work starting next week so uh, it doesn't make sense for me to like carry on being super rigorous while she's not working either so two more after this one, and then um, Foamy Guy will continue doing deep dives um, uh, in this time slot, which is awesome. So if you do want to find, uh, if you do want to like hang out with this crew at this time, um, we're gonna have somebody else streaming, and Foamy Guy does great streams and lots of different Circuit Python related content. So thank you, Foamy Guy, uh, for doing that. I really appreciate it, and I'll read off a bit of an update. After that, but lastly, uh, in in the housekeeping section here, uh, David DCD is very kind and uh, takes notes during these streams, uh, and that gives you time codes and little blurbs about what we're talking about when. So those have been collated by Patrick. Ask Patrick W, um, and they're on GitHub at GitHub.com/Adafruit/Deep-Dive-Notes. Um, so. Thank you to them both for putting those together. Okay, um, <laughs> let me catch up on the chat. If folks have questions, uh, I'm happy to answer them, but generally technical questions are better than personal questions. Um, but I, I'm a pretty open book as well. So Neil says, congrats, thank you. Um, third to last unless some happy surprises come early. Yep, uh, these are my cats. Hello, Paul. And Hello, Pierre. Yeah, I I, re, I rearranged the furniture. I- so the thing against the window is actually like a bassinet Stand and I was thinking about putting it in here and then kind of decided against it So I I switched it up. I thought that would be fun um, Hello, Joe uh, And I already answered unexpected makers questions about the the cats being siblings which they are and I think they had there was another pair from their litter that was also uh, up for adoption, but they, these two both have smudges on their nose which is uh, makes it pretty hard to tell them apart, but you have to look at their ears to tell who's who. Um, Andy Lear says congrats, thank you. Uh, Be alone says, uh, how old are you? I'm in my mid30s. I'll tell you that much. And hello Randall, um, Thanks for joining. So that's the YouTube chat. Um, hello, I think I said hello to Bruce, I didn't say hi to you. Uh, Ham's Lab asked, uh, any clues as to what Foamy Guy is going to do on Fridays after you're gone? And FoamyGuy is in the chat and said, I will continue on with deep dives on Fridays, very similar type of content working on Circuit Python related things, but it'll likely we'll spend more time in Python land than C land, and maybe some working on projects instead of core slash libraries. I've been streaming Saturday mornings for a little while now, um, you can check those out on YouTube. If you want a sneak peek, you can uh, check out one of those prior streams. And the deep dives will end up being pretty similar. <laughs> and hello Bruce again. So that's it. Um, thanks again to Foamy Guy for being uh, game to step into this time slot. Um, I don't know what my plans are, whether I'll come back to it or whatever I like This is my first kid, so I don't, I don't know what to expect And I don't know what I'm going to want to do And I don't know where Adafruit's going to be by the time that I'm kind of back into full swing So we'll play it by ear, um, I'll let you know uh, But Foamy Guy does awesome streams too So maybe I'll just uh, hop in the chats on those to start um, Okay, any questions? Before I kind of make stuff up as I go along, which is what I do every week, and I know there's a lag, so I'll just uh, delay a little bit. Any circuit Python or hardware questions you wanna? Topics you wanna cover before we get going? I don't see any. Alright, cool. Well, I can I can make stuff up. So I think last week I started to talk, talk about that I was looking at USB host. Um, the BLE stuff that I had gotten in um, is all checked in now, I think. So I've like turned that page. Um, I'm realizing as I get closer and closer to this baby coming that I... the larger projects are being harder and harder for me to focus on. So uh, before I get into the USB host stuff, I should I think I should actually there's just a couple of fixes that uh, could be mildly interesting for me to cover. Um, so let's so Dan and I Dan and I were talking about doing a seven point two release, and Jeff too. So we went through all the issues and we categorized them. Um, <laughs> ooh. Pierre has a related question. Uh, Let me finish my thought on 7.2 and then I'll do that. Do I know anything about phones? Not a lot. Not a lot about phones. Uh, Embedded electronics are simpler than phones generally. Um, So yeah, we're trying to get 7.2 done. We had done the milestones earlier in the week and then there was like three or four issues left. And so yesterday I was like, hey, Dan, do you want me to pick up a couple of these? So let me just briefly go to the desktop and just talk through the couple that I did and it was quite nice to get something simple and and knock it out so Dan updated the frozen libraries after realizing that IR remote was fixed Um, I switched this thing so that we we changed the default state of pins on the ESP port and so um, there was a Dan had noticed that on the mag tag, the speaker was clicking because the speaker's on when it's high, and so there was this like, yeah, this this noise that was caused by us turning on the speaker. So I introduced a thing in the Espressif port that allows you uh, a board individually to override what a pin reset means. So on Espressif, you can say, uh, you if you define Espressif board reset pin number, it'll give you a pin number, and then you can check it and if you want to reset it you reset it and then ret- return true and then after that it will um, be ignored after that um, so that was one of the things I did and then um, Neradoc did a fix so thank you Neradoc. and then this there is this crash on Espressif when setting RGB brightness to zero. And Dan and I created pull requests like one after another. Um, and we decided to go with the way that I had fixed it. So uh, the fix that I had was, the the issue was is that it was trying to transmit over the spy, de- spy device when the spy device wasn't uh, initialized. Because we used to have pre 7.0, the status LED would be active uh, throughout. Uh, like when before user code was run as user code was running and after and there was like this weird handoff logic and in 7.0 we simplified it where the circuit python only uses the status LED before and after user code is run Um, and so this was a crash due to the fact that um, we had this thing here so if you set the status brightness it tried to retransmit the the last color uh, with the brightness adjusted uh, but that doesn't work because that crashes now because uh, the user code when the user code to set the brightness, whether it's in code.py or in the REPL, like either way, the status LED pixel is not on. Uh, so it ends up uh, potentially crashing. So uh, I, I re-documented re, uh, it a little bit too, to make sure that it was like, hey, when you set the status RGB brightness, it's going to take effect next time that it's actually used. Uh, it's not going to happen immediately, so I knocked those two out. Um, is there anything else interesting? Oh, this is going to be interesting. An unexpected maker might be interested in this. Is um, Dan fixed this issue with how we handle deep sleep in CircuitPython? Um, when Dan uh, when Dan implemented it, uh, we were concerned. He was concerned about the ability to actually like plug in USB and be able to edit the the code. Um, but the problem is, is that USB enumeration, which is the process, and this is kind of dovetailing into USB, so maybe we should just go there. Um, once you plug something in, there's a process called enumeration, which uh, is how you get like a device assigned an address and then figure out kind of what kind of device it is. And that takes time. And so, with deep sleep, and if you will, if we wanted you to be able to plug in a device and have it pop up as Circuit pie, even when it's deep sleeping, we actually had to delay like five seconds before uh, to give it time to decide whether we actually wanted to stay a al- lot stay awake um, so that we could do the USB stuff. And I thought when we had implemented it that we had talked about a policy um, where. The very first time CircuitPython starts up, it will do that five-minute wait or five-second wait, not five minutes, five-second wait um, to, to give USB a time to turn on. But um, then if that—if it was waking up from a deep sleep, we, we wouldn't do that wait. Um, so this is what Dan implemented, so this will be in 7.2. So the idea is, is that if you hit the reset button or you plug it in it'll wait the five seconds to make sure uh, before it will wait five seconds before deep sleeping to make sure that you didn't want to connect to circuit pi like it's connected over usb Um, but then if it if that five seconds goes by and it goes to deep sleep the next time it wakes up it's not going to wait that five seconds it's going to run the code as fast as it can and then go back to sleep and this should be good for anybody who's doing lower power stuff in circuit python is that Um, a lot of the power that you consume is actually in that period where like CircuitPython is running. So by shortening that to, to not five seconds, it should actually improve battery life a lot, which I'm very excited about. So thanks to Dan for, for fixing that. Um, so the, the moral of the story is power, low power stuff should get better. That's across, I think this is universal. It was in main.py. So any port that does deep sleep should see improvements. And but then the caveat is is that if you do want to actually be able to connect to something over USB, you actually ha- you'll have to hit reset um, deep deep sleep won't give USB enough time to enumerate otherwise um, okay, I don't think oh uh purples fixed the uh, pressing the any key responding slowly on espressif which was I. Sh- they saw me struggle with on the stream. So it was awesome that they found and fixed that. So thank you Purples for that. Is there a way we can hook into that? I have Viva Sense on my S3 board so I can bypass that is not Viva's present. Um, We don't currently have a way, but you could totally add it. Um, I would suggest starting from this PR, because it will show you exactly where that mechanic is happening. So it's 60... 60, 6051 is the PR that changes it. Um... So, yeah, take a look at that. Um, hey Charles! Um... But yeah, we don't currently have a way to hook it to the board to know. Um... And I'm not actually sure you want it on VBus either, because it's possible you are using like a USB charge-only cable, and that's and you. Well, I guess. Yeah, it's not clear to me whether you actually want that or not. Um, if you if just if if you just know you have VBus. Um, Pierre says that's a great improvement. What about if I want BLE after sleeping? Uh, Sending a message saying, this is how cold hot I am over BLE. So this also takes, this also should take into account the BLE workflow stuff. Um, But the expectation I think is that if you want, if you want to wake up every so often to do a BLE broadcast, for example, then you need to, um, you just wake up and do it and then go back to sleep. There is a register you can check to see if USB is on, perhaps other boards too. Yeah, we don't take that into account. We're doing it based on enumeration. I think we. I think. I think it's dependent on TinyUSB at the moment. Um. Okay, I think. Yeah, Jeff improved git describe, and we'll test that because we're about to branch. We're about to branch 7.2, so we'll have a separate branch for 7.2, which will be our next stable release. And then Jeff's been working on um, merging in MicroPython 118, so that's all ready to go. We're just waiting to do the branch, and then we'll do the merge into 118. So we'll actually have like a 7.3 alpha with the new MicroPython stuff in shortly as well. Um, which is another reason we, we kind of like it. like that's kind of sometimes our forcing function for getting a stable release is we want to be able to have the pre-release builds be uh, less stable uh, because we have some something that's like bigger that we're going to move in. Um... <laughs> and speaking of this, uh, Jeff's in the chat and says the new performance stuff for Micropython, the fast path, and the lookup cache, which is one of the major features of MicroPython 118 gives a 19% performance boost in the most contrived example I could come up with compared to 7.2 alpha 2. It's a loop that just accesses a member of an object, more details in my latest comment on the 118 merge PR. Um, correct, Pierre, Pierre asked the new MicroPython will be in 7.3. Yeah, that's our plan. Um, if If a MicroPython merge changes the MPY version, that forces us to do a major version, but this one does not. Um, The next one will. So 119 will probably lead to 8.0, CircuitPython 8.0. I think those are the highlights. Our merge reanimator has been doing a lot of STM fixes, so that's been great. Um, And we do actually have there's a Sandy Deep Sleep fix um, that's almost ready to be merged, and as well. Um, and then uh, the the merge PR is sixty thirty eight, and <laughs> Jeff didn't turn on the and stuff. I was like, hey, could you just take a little bit? I think it's like kind of impressive, so. A little loop on the RP2040 became nearly 20% faster. (laughs) So yeah, uh, subscribe to that PR6038. Should be coming in shortly. And then we won't be able to do a 7.3 release officially until 7.2 is stable. But I think 7.2 has generally been pretty good. So my my guess would be that 7.2 will be stable in the next week or two. Um, Charles is saying, oh, I should say thank you to Jeff for doing the merge. (laughs) Merges are not always pleasant, so thank you for doing that. Um, And thank you, of course, to all of the MicroPython contributors for making MicroPython even better. Um, Okay, Charles says, I need USB host so I can build a MIDI concentrator uh, that will allow more than one USB device to be connected through one port. Yeah, so let's talk USB. And if folks have questions, feel free to ask them. And in fact, did I miss one from Pierre? So Pierre's question about USB host is that says, is that mostly a traditional, in quotes, Raspberry Pi thing or some microcontrollers also support it? I know you need hardware for it. Um <laughs> Jeff says, "Sometimes I like a week where it's almost all code and no hardware." I know what you mean. I sometimes getting new hardware set up is like a hurdle that I've got to get myself over. Um, so I think, yes, USB host tends to be more more of a like full computer sort of thing, um, but at the same time a lot of them do actually support it. So, um, (laughs) uh, The thing that you want to look for generally is in microcontrollers it will be um, OTG, so if it's USB OTG, um, OTG stands for on the go and it's a way of detecting whether the the USB should be a device, which is what CircuitPython currently is, or a host. Um, and I think generally, generally, if it has native USB, it can be both. Um, there's actually not a ton of difference between the two. Um, it's more about, like, one of the trickier bits is, like, who provides the power. Um, and, yeah. Um Randall says what would you think of a port to x86 for retro computing? Um if somebody wanted to do it it should work like we already have a unix port. Um I think one of the challenges if you're talking bare metals just like the documentation but I'm sure lots of people understand it I just don't. I'm still getting into the cortex A of stuff. Well, let's see. Let's see we can just uh, use the NRF fifty two as an example. Uh, the bigger challenge is like because CircuitPython kind of has that role as a USB device, um, and only ha- and a lot of the boards only have one USB peripheral. That's it's not really like where USB host is interesting. The reason that this came up was more around the. Um, the, the person who did the demo for the Raspberry Pi, uh, for the Raspberry Pi Pico, the RP2040, being able to do USB host from a PIO, which is basically giving you a second USB, native USB. Um, that's more interesting so that you could still do Pi device, but at the same time, you could also do USB host, uh, which would be neat. So let's just see, it says USB 2.0 which is not telling us enough, but if we keep looking, how do I find the data sheet? Get started, development kit. Uh, oh, here's the product brief. <laughs> I remember how old x86 had basic built in would be cool to see the REPL instead so CircuitPython and MicroPython are very 32-bit cured still so you'd still want a 32-bit CPU because that's kind of what it assumes and remember you need like 32k RAM or more Um, where the heck, why is it so hard to find the... oh it downloaded... find the datasheet So let's see what it says in terms of USB. Um, Full speed USB controller. It doesn't say. (laughs) Yeah, none of this tells you. I think we'll have to find the data sheet. Slitzer says, when will Adafruit stock more Raspberry Pi 4s? And the answer is when they receive more Raspberry Pi 4s from the Raspberry Pi folks. Um, Oh, here's a documentation button. I saw a PIO ASM demo the other day in MicroPython. Was CircuitPython the origin of PIO ASM? I don't know what demo you're referring to, but the... The format for PIO ASM originates from the C... Um, hello, Colonel Panic. I like your name. Um, the C version of the Pico SDK has a form of PIO ASM. And the, uh, it was my choice to basically write an assembler in CircuitPython to basically convert that standard syntax that they had documented in the datasheet and stuff and then convert that into the bytes that are the actual assembly, whereas um, MicroPython's approach was different originally. Like Damien used uh, lots of Python tricks to do Python that generates the same stuff. So we t- we we chose to do different approaches for that. Um, I'm asking about NRF52. Some people do ask to make dongles for their fancy wired keyboards make them wireless. Yeah, let's keep digging. Um, Product specification. I have the older version. (laughs) And let's open it. And so we're going to go. It's probably not core components. Peripherals. Ah, so this this explicitly here calls it USB device. Um, so that's telling us that it doesn't do host. I think Nordic designed this on the USB device themselves, so or the USB peripheral, so it it's unable to do it. Um Yeah, so this is just a thing. Yeah, so it doesn't look like the NRF52840 can do it. I'm a little curious because they now have the 5340. Uh, I know that's like the the next gen. Can I click it? I can. So it says USB again. Let's go to documentation. SAMD21 can do it. I know that. Naradoc says USB host and Bluetooth workflow would have been a good combo. So the S3 can do OGG, I think. I'm not sure if TinyUSB does it. The USB supports it, but um, the S3 is probably that Bluetooth plus USB host the combo that you're looking for. Um, 5340 products back. Which we don't we don't actually support this in CircuitPython yet, but I'm curious to see if they added it in the new gen. So let's do the same thing. Let's look for network core peripherals. and USB so it's still just USB device in the 5340 as well Michael says tiny USB doesn't support it yet doesn't support USB host on the S3 right but I think that I think that the hardware does Mm-hmm. I know I have the data sheet around here somewhere. Technical reference. That might actually tell us more. Preliminary. Yeah, so this says USB on the go. So that means that it can do both. Oh, Mike, Michael confirms both the S3 and the S2 can do OTG. Thank you, Michael, that's helpful. So yeah, so if you want BLE and USB, then the S3 is your first, first, uh, your best option, I think. So, So this is, <laughs> let's see. The S3 features USB on the go, Uh, Along with an integrated transceiver, it can either operate as a host or a device and supports 12 megabits per second full speed and one and a half megabit second low speed data rates of the USB 1.1 spec. The host negotiation protocol and the session request protocol are also supported. So that's a way for the two devices on each end to actually negotiate who's the host and who's the device. Um, Okay. Mm -mm. device mode features. So today I wanted to talk more about USB host. Um, And the reason kind of the, I think I showed it last week, but the the reason to look into USB host was the really cool, uh, as I said earlier, the RP2040 demo using PIO as USB host. So that, that gets us to the point where we have two USBs and one chip. And that's really ideal for us because we can continue to do the CircuitPython workflow over CircuitPy, um, but then also doing um, also doing USB host at the same time. So uh, having two is great. Um, there is uh, one other option for that. Um, this brings <laughs> so many potential project ideas. So. So I was working on the PIO stuff in CircuitPython. I got a little bit um, in the weeds with that because a lot of it's in circuit, it is in Circuit in TinyUSB. Um, and so I've actually tried to hand this off to TAC. Um, I haven't heard any updates from TAC yet about it. So TAC is the the maintainer of TinyUSB um, and is creator and maintainer of TinyUSB and is actually paid by Adafruit as well to work on TinyUSB. So, you want to you want to sit, want to sit uh, support TAC. You can you can uh, do that by purchasing from Adafruit as well. Um, so uh, yeah, TAC does a great job. Um, oh, there's an ESP USB soft host as well. That's interesting uh, for low speed only. Yeah, so the PIO demo is able to do full speed as well, which is interesting. Um <laughs> Pierre says my S3s from Unexpected Maker are traveling right now. Still no traveling for me. Terrace says the RP twenty forty is something I really want to try using one day. The RP twenty forty and particularly the PIO is amazing. Um they're really inexpensive to try, so I would totally take a look at uh take a look at that. So, Gamma Games says, will there be a helper library to make the dual USB easier to work with? So, um, there's already on on um, TinyUSB, or not on TinyUSB. The, the PIO thing is this. Look at my browser history. Uh, the Pico pico pio usb repository so if you want to start and play around with that um you can you can take a look there i'll drop that in the chat and yeah i love tiny usb too it was there was a point where circuit python i i kind of like said like look we're just going to switch to tiny usb for all of our usb stuff because i was fixing bugs in like the atmel provided usb stack and i was like but it has a license that says you can only use it on Atmel stuff. I was like, why am I using this vendor provided stack that has bugs in it where I can see the code and I can fix it, but I can't like then have fixed it for all of the places that we need to use USB. Um, so I thought that was kind of silly. So, uh, TAC had already written a lot of tiny USB and I kind of took a look at it and, and, uh, I don't like to tightly couple CircuitPython to a lot of things, but that was one case where it was just like, I don't need five USB stacks because all of this, most of the stuff that it does is all class level, which is like USB HID, USB mass storage, USB MIDI are all things that are like generic and defined kind of outside of individual vendors. So it doesn't make any sense to have like multiple implementations of those things. So uh, I chose to just bite the bullet and switch all of our usb stacks over to tiny usb which i think was basically i think it was basically that like we had done atmel and then we were about to do like nordic i think and it was like instead of having two different like a nordic stack and an atmel stack we would just have tiny usb um <laughs> paul's also waiting for the s3s So uh, yeah, so I I got this demo going and I was trying to like start to figure out how to fit it into tiny USB, um, and I had mentioned it to Tack and he sounded very interested in working on it. So I originally I initially said no 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 I'm working on it, and then I went huh, what could I do if Tack was doing that part, and so. Um, my, fi- my focus is, is shifted from that super low level, like PIO, uh, low level of USB host to the kind of the other end, which is once we have USB host, um, what does it look like in CircuitPython to actually use it? Um, so that was kind of what I was thinking I'd talk about today is like how I'm thinking about exposing USB host into uh, CircuitPython. And I should say that we actually do have uh, some boards, some microcontrollers that have two USBs on them already, um, where we can, where I can get it working. Uh, I don't need to wait for the RP2040 USB host stuff to be able to actually add the host APIs and things. Um, yeah, the Python API side. So. so that's what I'm thinking about. And um, what I've got, is, I'll just unplug it, um, this giant dev board that I've complained about before, and I continue to think it's kind of terrible. But this this dev board here is the IMX-RT1060. 1060, uh, IMX 1060 And it's got these two USB plugs right here uh, because it has two USB OTG peripherals in it. Um, and they can do, Tara says, I'm a Python programmer, so this is right up my alley. Awesome! Yeah, Um, yeah. so this is an IMX-RT1060, and it's on the Teensy-4s. So Teensy-4 and the IMX-1050 and 1060 have... um, Yeah, this board is gigantic. It's gigantic, and the thing that bothers me the most is that there are no labels. Like, there's a ton of labels... There's a ton of labels, and they're all the like schematic labels. So you want to look at these two USB plugs. They're not labeled USB 1, USB 2. They're labeled like J something, right? Like J9 and 10. And the buttons, the buttons are labeled Switch 3 and Switch 2. They don't tell you which one's reset or boot or whatever. Um, so yeah, not a huge fan of these boards. Um, but then again, cheap dev boards, uh, which have like all this stuff on them are, are kind of awesome anyway, especially these IMXRTs. I was very excited about these um, when they first came out because this, this IMXRT, uh, the 1060 is clocked at like 500 megahertz. Like it's very quick and has like a megabyte of RAM. So uh, we were planning on getting into these IMXRTs more Um, but they've actually been really hard to come by. So, um, I'm not sure they're available yet, but at some point they'll be, they'll be more available. Um, and in the meantime, this is a great way for me to do the USB host stuff. Um, so if you do want (laughs) to, they can have labeled them press and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of outrageous. So, um, but yeah, I can, I can use this to get it working, and then, um, correct, this is the EVK, there's an EVKB now, which might be better, um, I don't know what the difference is, but I, I picked it up pretty early, because I was following this chip family uh, a lot. Um, but the Teensy's are really pretty affordable, the Teensy 4's, um, they don't have two USB plugs, but it's not that hard to just plug it in anyway. Yeah, and Tara says, I have a Teensy with an IMX RT 1062. So you should be able to run CircuitPython on that. It's it's not gotten a lot of love, but I think it still works. And in fact, that's one of my next steps is to get it going on this board again. <laughs> B for better. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, this is, this is my uh, EVK 10, 1060. Uh, and, um, these are cool chips. They're super fast. And this one has two USBs with embedded, um, PHYs. So PHYs are the things that actually do the like changing of the signals, Uh, the physical interfaces, I guess is what PHY is. Um, and they're, they're high speed as well. So, so this, these were, this was the first chip family we found with, High-speed USB, which is 480 uh, megabits per second instead of 12, so these are these are going to be really cool chips when we can actually buy them. Um, yep, and Toddbot points out that Teensy already has a USB host library that works on Teensy's. so um, you if, if it doesn't work on CircuitPython, you can always try it on uh, Arduino with Teen or Teensy Duino. Um, and Deshipu's pointing out, at least the ones of us with the compulsive microcontroller, oh, we all do deep in our drawers, at least the ones of us with compulsive microcontroller acquisition disorder. Um, can I give you, let you in on a secret? Somebody nerd sniped me. So nerd sniping is a term that I use for Uh, bringing up a topic that is of great interest to somebody even when it's not the thing that they should be paying attention to or working on. Um, I guess you could also think of it as like, ooh, shiny and like distracting. Um, So I got nerd snipes in the last week, I think it was, and I finally gave into that. So um, a few weeks ago, Lady Ada had pinged me and said, Hey, what do you know about FPGAs? Because she's starting to think about like longer term projects and stuff. And with the long lead times for chips, she was thinking about whether like some FPGAs were things that she could get. So she nerd sniped me on, did on FPGA stuff. And then kind of, I don't think it went anywhere. Like it was still kind of uncertain what we wanted to do. Um, But, 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 um, in the last week or two, somebody has dropped into Discord and said, hey, um, I know that CircuitPython runs on the Cortex-A53 and the A72, which are the Raspberry Pis. I'd like to get it running on a Cortex-A9, and this A9 happens to be right next to an FPGA. So Xilinx has these, uh chips called the Zynx, and they're kind of half microprocessor and half FPGA, um, where they have, um, they have dual core Cortex-A9s, and then they have, um, they have dual core Cortex-A9s with, like, 512 megabytes of external RAM, so they're they're actually designed to run Linux, Um, and then that's all connected into like a, an FPGA as well. Um, but it also has hard USB. So it has USB, oh, it has a USB peripheral. Um, let me just pull it up. So the Zinc 7000 and yeah. So the seven, the regular 7000 is the thing that I got nerd sniped with. <laughs> <laughs> um so here's what you can see. It's got like dual A9s, it's got a huge cache. Lovely a72 says um, the rp 2040s native USB can only do slave. So no it can do de- it can do device and host, but hosts uh, if we want we want to be able to do both at the same time so you can still have the circuit pi example. Um, WebBSK says, nerd sniped. Yeah, nerd sniped is uh, a term I use for being distracted by cool tech, <laughs> I guess. And in this case, because we're talking hardware, it can cost money as well. Um, and WooHaha11 Woohaha says, 11 says um, it sounds like mining rig boards on AliExpress. True, because I think I think FPGAs are used in in mining stuff as well for... Uh, as an alternative to like GPU stuff, um, <laughs> and Dishipu says it was nice to know you. Um, yeah, so so the thing that got me was if I ignore this bottom part of this thing, it's basically just another microcontroller or what whatever. Um, Ari Yang says I have a Digilent Core S Z seven I can help with. So. um... Yeah, so there's two cores. It can talk to the programmable logic. Um, Slinky Tangle says Vivado if you love endless frustration. So, the other thing I looked into though is that the open tooling has pretty good Xilinx 7 series support. So, I was looking at um, oh, GitHub.com, uh, SymbiFlow, Project X ray. So Simbi Flow Project X-Ray is uh, documenting the Xilinx 7 series bitstream format. So the open tools should actually work with us. Um, and if you look in the database, they actually have Zinc 7s in here um, for this, the 7010s and the 7020s. So not all the different variations, but the variation that I ended up ordering off DigiKey two hours ago, because I gave in. Um, it is it is supported by the open tools. So um, that may not mean fully open or fully supported, but I did actually find also, oh, where did I find it? I don't remember where it was, but there's also um, some like automated testing infrastructure for the open tool chains that they're using the Zinc series to do. Um, so yeah, so I got nerd sniped by the ability to do FPGAs, but not needing to worry about the CPU cores, assuming that I add support for the Cortex-A9, which I don't actually expect to be that difficult. (laughs) Um, the... Kaizitomelos93 says, How does the Intel adoption of RISC Five affect the FPGA progression? It's a good question. I think more open FPGA support would be awesome. Um, I don't know exactly what all that means. Um, I think it's cool that Intel's adopting RISC V, and they're definitely trying to. Pivot Intel, I think, a bit to more, like, we'll just make chips for everyone, um, which is good, too. And if you haven't followed it, the stuff that Mithro is doing, Tim Ansel with Google, and the free ASIC design stuff is really cool. Um, if you if you haven't seen this, um, you can make your own silicon. Like, you can design your own... Um, the open shuttle program. So this is Efabless is a company that's to some degree the ash park of of in integrated circuitry. Um, but Google is sponsoring these programs where you can design a chip and they'll manufacture it for you and send it. Uh, uh, we always called it geek trapping. Interesting. Um, so they give you full documentation on the 130 nanometer process. And um, you have to just post your your designs to GitHub and then you can get it actually manufactured um, if it's openly licensed and stuff. So that's just, it's really cool. There's some really cool uh, videos on like, they just got the first one back there. Because it takes so long, they're like, starting things as they go along before they even get everything back um but yeah this stuff is really neat and they're working on doing more technologies and stuff so i would hope intel would like make available some of their older technologies um which would be really cool which is another reason i was like oh i think it might be time (laughs) maybe maybe during my paternity leave when it would be like oh i'm just gonna play around with this This uh, FPGA stuff, Lamore doesn't want me doing it. Lady Ada doesn't want me. She she nixed this, but I gave in. So the reason I gave in, it's an open source supported uh, FPGA in this. It's um, it's dual core A nine, so it shouldn't be that hard for me to get it going because I've done. I've kind of gotten over a lot of the hump of learning the Cortex A series stuff and then what i also saw here is that they, this has hey rich um there are two hard usb ip blocks and i did some research and they're called um what's the name i forget what the name is but i was just looking in tiny usb doing this host stuff and <laughs> i was looking at the imx the board that I was showing you before I was talking about how I got distracted. And IMX has the same USB peripherals as this Zinc does, <laughs> um, as the Zinc chip does. So uh, I couldn't help myself. I could not help myself. Um, it's in tiny USB, or no, I was looking in, if you look at tiny USB board support, IMXRT. And then family.make, what you'll see is it uses the source from chip idea. Rich says, I'm really interested in FPGAs, but haven't had time to dive in yet. So yeah, chip idea is the name of the the USB core. Um, Sorry, let me... There was buy follower spam on Twitch that I had to ban somebody for. Um, so chip idea. And this is the same USB chipset that is on this Zinc with the Cortex-A9. So I gave it. I just ordered it. It's probably not. It's probably going to just sit in my giant box and at the bottom of my drawer like this ship who's talking about. But I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help myself. Because what I'm picturing in my mind is that you can have circuit python running on it and you can say all right put this on the fpga and then inter- interface with it like all without having to like restart or worry about any of that so i'm i'm pretty pretty interested in seeing how that how that works yeah i wish pc companies would open up all their older components to allow hardware changes without major hacks and overhauls i agree with you That's the beauty of open source hardware like Adafruit does. And George points out that um, Andy's acquisition of Xilinx, which they completed this week, I think, may have some effect on FPGAs as well. Yep. I think that'll be interesting. And Wuha linked to... uh, a Zinc board. One thing I would caution you if you're if you're interested in this is the unlike the IMX-RT the Zinc does not have the USB PHY on board so it has to have an external one and the from what I was looking at the dev boards for it not all of them support USB device. They they usually support USB hosts but they don't always do USB device. So I actually bought not the cheapest one because I wanted one that could do OTG. So it could do both. Um. <laughs> we all have a lot of dev boards that looked super useful until the next one. I, yeah. It, and it's kind of my job to have them. Like I've got basically the whole series of the IMXRTs. Like it is... It's handy to have them, especially if it's like one day you're like, oh, I want to add support for this, and you don't want to have to wait for shipping and stuff. So, all right. Well, that was a a huge detour in how Scott gets distracted by shiny FPGA chips that are also Cortex-A level stuff, but that's not really going to (laughs) be, that shouldn't be my job because I know it's too high cost, I think, really for, for, uh... Did he share what version I bought? I can show you what I what I got. Let's do a quick DigiKey detour. So if we want to find that it's under... well we can just look Zinc 70, 10. It's 200 bucks. The cheapest ones I found were uh, Not modules I think it is the Evaluation boards. But let's do series Zinc 7000 in stock. <laughs> Pierre says, You are one of the few that can actually justify their collection. Slinky Tangle says, I worked with the Micro Z and the Red Pattaya. Um, There are a lot more other expensive eval kits. Oh, Zarlan says, Thanks for last week's tips. I have CircuitBiter working on the Pi Zero 2W and the S3. Nice. Yeah, so if you just look here, the Zybo is what I ended up picking up. And in the image, if you can see, it's labeled USB OTG. Um, and I, like, did my digging and, and looked it up. If you look at the, well, sort by price, it is still one of the cheaper Zinx. Um So there's this pink board, which is funny because it's, like, meant to be Python Python, and uh, the zinc, And it's only got USB host, I think. Note that they have HDMI as well, which is cool. Um, and of course they have the Arduino the, the Arduino footprint. Um, but yeah, so I picked up the Zybo one that I can link to. Of course, I, I make no promises that anything ever happens to it, so be aware of that. Um, I've got one of these on my bin. I'm about to dive in. Digilent has a huge section of selection of PMOD adapters. Yeah, and I have a collection of FPGA boards. Like, let me be real. And I don't use them. But for some reason, this is interesting to me because I know I can do the hard IP sides of things. Like, the folks that did the... There's an EOS S3, which is, like, an open thing, and they did, like, an FPGA version. Or they did a feather format of their, their like... Hybrid microcontroller and FPGA, but they don't have USB outside of the FPGA. So if you wanted USB support, you would you would fill up the FPGA with USB, and you wouldn't be able to do much else. Um, so so this is yeah, this is what I just picked up. I don't have it yet. Uh, this this Zybo Z10. Um, but yeah, if I finally gave in to that. <laughs> And I justified it the money because uh, luckily, I have a bunch of GitHub sponsors, and they give me some extra spending cash for my business. So I was like, I'll just I'll just consider this like something I use that money for. Uh, because I know I know Lady Ada doesn't want me working on it, even though here I am talking about it. But the USB side, like the USB side, I should be able to get tiny USB going on it with hopefully not too much. Too much trouble. Oh, interesting. Tara says I bought my first FPGA recently, a Tang Nano 4K dev board that has a Gowan blah 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 that has a Cortex N3 embedded. Haven't worked out the tooling yet. Hmm. Let's take a look at that. Do you think DigiKey has it? Nano 4K. I don't think the Gowan ones are supported by the op- open tool chain. Tang Nano 4K. DevKit details. It's got a USB connector, but there's very clearly an adapter next to it. 4000 or so LUTs I was thinking wouldn't it be cool and I don't know if this is possible but with the Zinc whether we could put a Risk Five core in it and then have it talk to the USB directly so that we could like switch between the two okay so it's got the M3 but I don't see any mention of USB I believe there's a I believe it that the open tooling like cost is such a barrier yeah $18 $18 dev board versus the $200 I just spent on that but USB yeah I'm such a USB person um Technology says I'm hoping to, I can use the ST dual synopsis USB OTG with circuit Python host and device um <laughs> it's also a new dev thing I've been doing it a while. What is this? Until you realize that HDMI, Yeah, large full HDMI, Forge FPGA. Oh yeah, this feels more like um like the mock XO2s are really interesting to me. Um, the mock xos from lattice so there's kind of two ways you can treat fpgas there's one that is like um i want to just treat it as like a little bit of extra circuitry next to my main thing as like glue logic or there's the i want to create my own system on a chip virtually on an fpga and those are like two very dramatic different uses for it whereas like one needs a lot of resources and the other one doesn't um yeah, so if you want to know what has support for host in TinyUSB, um, if you want to help me with this, this would be awesome. But if you look in examples and host, there is this hid controller and there's this only.txt, which lists the uh, boards that the, the examples actually run on. Um, so CircuitPython doesn't have any of this LPC support, we do have the IMX-RT support, and we have. you'll see this host example actually works on the RP2040 as well. Um, the Gowan FPGA in the board has a USB PHY. Interesting. Um, do I, did I close that tab? What was the part number? Welcome to Deep Dives, where we don't always talk about what I advertise as what we're going to talk about. Hi, Tara. Yeah, can we find the... Oh, here's, here's the... But that's like an announcement. Is there a... Oh, this is... This is a handy reference, I think. Open source toolchains. Oh, yeah, here's some, like, no-name boards. Interesting. Oh, man, the pink has a 7020 on it. And OTG host. That's a weird way to say it. And it's dead. This looks 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 like a handy reference. This is what I picked up, but I picked up the cheaper version of the two. <laughs> JTAG USB. JTAG USB sounds different. <laughs> Pretty amazing that a $1 MTU can be a USB host Oh, DigiKey knows I'm talking about them Because they just shipped my order <laughs> I tend to My my interests like kind of cycle I get really into some things And then I kind of move away and do something else But I do actually go back to things Does Adafruit have any interest in making more networking gear? Probably not hardcore networking stuff but we're making more and more devices that are um, more and more devices that are uh, like network connected but I don't think we'd ever make like a router or anything So yeah, so um, we should maybe talk about usb (laughs) usb host so what is usb host so we've talked a lot about usb device so usb device is um you connected to something else and um, where do i want to start so what you can say is hey i'm a keyboard or hey i'm a mouse like that's the basics of, of usb of a USB device, and then it can get more complicated. You can say, and this is what CircuitPython does, is you can say, um, <laughs> hey, I'm a mouse and I'm a keyboard. And that's what's known as like a composite device. Um, I'd like to see a coaxed SFP plus. Uh, you could always email support with suggestions, but I, I doubt that, that we're gonna do something like that. Um, the USB host, the best USB to have around for your party. Um, today's foxes in love comic was precisely about this. <laughs> yeah, so um, so yeah, so so USB devices say, "Hey, I'm just going to be a keyboard," um, and uh, that's that. Whereas, and, and the the opposite side of it being a USB host is like, I want a. Keyboard to plug into me, or I want some other USB device to be plugged into me, and the job of the USB host is to um, manage that that device and any other devices that are connected to it. Because not only can you have a single device connected to you as a host, but you can potentially actually have like a uh, you can have a hub connected to you, and then multiple devices uh, connected to you after that. So. Um, imagine that you have like a a hub and then you plug a USB keyboard and a USB mouse into it. Um, and what the USB host needs to manage is like, what devices are there and, um, who do I need to talk to sort of, sort of stuff. Um, so, and yeah, and, and all of the communications on USB are, um, host initiated So, um, there's like a start of frame packet that goes out every millisecond for USB 2. Um, USB full speed and low speed. And then there, there be packets that say like, Hey, you, you device here, like, tell me, um, like, has anything been pressed? Um, I'm not describing that that well, let me show you, I have, is that where I want to start? Maybe not. Maybe that's not where I want to start. So, what I've been thinking about is what will the API be that we present to uh, CircuitPython user code? And there's a couple things that I'm considering too, because I do want USB to be able to run outside of the VM, USB host to run outside of the VM, because I do have this world where a board, oh, yeah, Ben Eater's video is great. Yeah, let me plug that, too. I, I actually watched that on Friday. Um, let me make sure you don't see my all my YouTube stuff. Or Adafruits. Yeah, this... Yeah, Ben Eater did, like, a whole series. Mm-hmm. says, I forgot why I was subscribed, but this seems quite interesting. I'm glad you find it interesting. If you have questions, I'm happy to wander away. Um, If I want to plug in a keyboard, would I receive hit events and have to deal with them? Yeah, so let's talk about that. And I think, um, yeah, let's talk about what that means. So I think I've got, so this is the S3. So let's, let's just take a look at this. Host mode features eight channels pipes. A control pipe consists of two channels in and out, as in and out transactions must be handled separately. Only control transfer type is supported. So there's this idea of, in the host terms, it's known as, as pipes. But, um, in device terms, they're endpoints. So, um, if we're using a keyboard, an example, which I know Pierre is interested in who makes keyboards, um, you would have like a, an endpoint that is, uh, an, an interrupt endpoint that is where your, your reports about what keys are pressed go. And to call them interrupt is not interrupt is super overloaded for people. But the, the idea with interrupts on USB is that it gets pulled every so often by the host. So the host will say, like, hey, um, how fitting HID management. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, it's everything on USB is actually pulled, but interrupts are kind of have a guarantee about how frequently they'll be pulled. Whereas um, other types of endpoints don't necessarily happen. And Pierre says message queue, perhaps. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, you're you're going the right direction. So um, let's see what, in terms of the hardware on the S3, each of the other seven channels is dynamically configurable to be in or out, so in is into the host, and out is out from the host. And then there is, uh, this has three types, but I think control is a fourth type. Um, bulk, isochronous, and interrupts. And so I think that, um, so bulk is typically used by mass storage, so when we're talking about reading and writing bytes on mass storage, that's done through a bulk, and two bulk endpoints. Um, isochronous is um what is it it means like consistent in time or something right so it's like uh it's for audio generally and then interrupt transfer types are like your h.i.d stuff um (laughs) it's a common pattern of impersonating hardware interrupt with pulling a reliable frequency yeah that makes sense terabyte says um would it be smart to implement Python classes that represent HID devices at the high level? Yes. So I think that's that's what I'm where my brain is going, except for the fact that I do want to be able to do keyboards natively so that I can do it outside of the Python VM. Um, so let me see if this works. I have the other way I thought about talking about this, and maybe I should talk a little bit more about this, but I also have the USB 2.0, um, the, the 2.0 spec here, and it might have some nice diagrams as well. So here's bus topology. So there's this root hub, and then you can have like multiple tiers of hubs and what they call functions, which I've been calling devices. Um, so this, is, this limits, like, how many different devices you can have on the whole uh, bus. <laughs> there would be the need for low-level API in a circuit then host libraries. Yes. So that's where I'm thinking. Um, there's only one host in any USB system, and there's a lot of devices. Um, here's the electrical signaling, mechanical... Bus protocol, robustness. So you have to do attachment and detachment stuff. Control, bulk, interrupt, isochronous are all things that we've talked about too. So allocating USB bandwidth. So uh, the host has to decide like in a given frame, which frames at, for low speed and, and full speed are a millisecond long. Uh, how are you going to talk to all the different devices in that period? Um. Folknology says, are you going to base it on TinyUSB abstraction or use mixed USB abstractions underneath? So it's it's all going to be on top of TinyUSB So I might actually have to change some of the TinyUSB stuff, we'll see Terabyte says, one of my projects is to develop a hardware control panel for Kerbal Space Program and I want to plug it in via USB and I've been looking at implementing it as generic HID device, so no drivers will be needed on the computer end. Yeah. So terabyte that for for pretend for acting as an HID device. Circuit Python does it really well, um, and you can uh, you can do that already. You should you should be able to do that already with Circuit Python. So I'd recommend looking into it. Um... <laughs> yeah. So so. CircuitPython's been really, really successful because of USB device support already, right? Like we have a lot of people making keyboards. My keyboard right now is running CircuitPython. Um, and there's some great tutorials on that. In particular, if you do learn.adafruit.com and do custom USB, you can see that there's like, here's a mechanical keyboard, keypad The one that I'm thinking of is this one, because this one has uh, other HID device, so consumer control, um, advanced topics, like custom HID devices, and boot and mouse support, and I thought there was GamePad too, but GamePad might be somewhere else, but I, I link a lot of people to this as well. Hi, Kevin. Um, is N-key rollover covered here? The Ben Eater actually has a nice um, tutorial on that, so you could do you could do a custom HID device to give you N-key rollover if you wanted. Oh, and this is actually a gamepad example here; it's just not titled that. So yeah, for acting as a USB device, we have that really well, um, and so we're kind of doing and and we already have USB. HID, USB-CDC, and USB-MIDI modules in CircuitPython for the, doing those native. But that's acting as those things, not not receiving them. Um, Beata says, that's what I miss about FireWire, having multiple hosts on the same bus. Oh, I didn't know you could do that with FireWire. Um... One thing I'll need is sending back data back to the control panel for displaying Um, We also support, CircuitPython supports uh, CDC, so I'd probably go that route Although um, I was looking at the keyboard configurators and they use HID RAW So I'd love to do HID RAW at some point as well Um, That would be cool too I'd love to be able like there's kind of a semi standard for con- configuring keyboards over HID raw, and so I thought it would be cool to add that support to CircuitPython so that you could use those tools to customize your your keyboards. So many different things to do, so many things to do. Um, okay, so yeah, this is all device stuff, and, and we've been doing it a while, and it works pretty well. So the question is, is like on the flip side. How does how does our like USB worldview change with host instead of device? Um, yeah, that's a good point. JP says uh, this is not a great tutorial to start with for HAD. Yeah, this is more the advanced stuff. Um, yeah, so here's the list of of existing host examples for. Tiny USB. So if you're on a platform like somebody was talking about ST, um, this is the place to start if the platform doesn't support host. So what what I'll do is I'll, I'm talking I'm thinking about this high-level API for USB host in CircuitPython, but it will be connected into the U, the USB host APIs of TinyUSB. And so for every platform that TinyUSB supports, we should be able to just turn it on in CircuitPython, have it be the same have it be consistent, um, and do that. So, what is the CircuitPython level API going to be? And then, can I implement it (laughs) and build it on top of tiniest So, I did get the, I got that hid controller example running on this board. Um, that's what I did earlier. And so now, my next step is to build... CircuitPython and get it loaded for this board, which I'll probably just do next week. Um, but let me, I started working out what the API would be, but I've, that's kind of the brainstorming I've been doing. So, um, oh, you're blowing my mind about FireWire. It sounds a little bit like PCI. PCIe, I think, can do stuff like that. So talking about hubs and then functions, um, compound device appears to the host as a hub with one or more non-removable devices. But yeah, I think function is basically like the equivalent of what I think of as um, device. So they have these, like, logical communication flows. (sighs) Yeah. This stuff gets tricky. Yeah, so this is where they start talking about pipes. And they say a pipe bundle to an interface. And I think there is a way for devices to have multiple interfaces that you switch between, but I don't know how common it is in practice. Um, Good use cases for USB besides keyboards, smart speakers, and MIDI. Well, C-D-C has its, Serial has its origins in, in modems. Um, I know some people do, like, network connectivity over USB. Uh, but you can, like, a lot of people just want HID, which is human interface devices. And then, like, there's this synth crowd that wants MIDI. Like, it's okay if it's a few use cases, if everybody uses those. Um, Tara says, Firewire was basically PCI, if I recall. They could get access to host memory even, which could open some interesting attack routes on old devices. <laughs> yeah, I've never looked into FireWire. I had it briefly when it was like a thing on video cameras. I'm not so... I'm. My computer age involves some FireWire, but not a lot. So, I think... That, yeah. Oh, this is a good example. So, this is kind of what I've been thinking. So, there's this host side, there's client software, and there's buffers. So, I think Pierre got to this before earlier is that a lot of what we're going to be doing is just buffering data in and out. And then they have these pipes, which in my mind, like they end up at endpoints, but like I'll, I think I'll just call them endpoints, because we are talking more in a world of where, like, we're, we're in a, we want to share the USB world, we want to, like, abstract away the host and device stuff a bit more. Um, yeah. So, let me try, I have the GIMP open, and I actually have a, a tablet, a drawing tablet here. So let me just go a little crazy and see if I can't. I just set it up. Um, But we can see, if I can channel my like, I think Robert Baruch's videos like to do this a lot. Um, So let's see, let's do, I'm still not used to this, but I'm gonna make it a little smaller So at the top level, we're talking USB host. So that's the first, um, like the module level thing. I actually bought this a few weeks ago and I hadn't set it up. So I I plugged it in and it just worked. So I was pretty happy. So I was thinking about this. Originally, I was just going to do dot devices as like the, here's all the devices that are on the port. Uh, But I don't think I want to do that, because thinking more about it, I think you, you know, it's pretty standard in CircuitPython to have, like, a constructor. Um, Oh, I don't know what I did there. Um, But I think we want it to take, like, D plus and D minus, which are the two USB pins. And then I think there might be, you know, like, we talked about VBus a little bit, so maybe we want like uh, keyword args for like other pins so i think we i think we do want like a high level port object and on boards that have it like baked in they can just instantiate this and then you could have like a board board.usb b I just got this I don't know why it's It might be confused by my hand USB host, for example What is it? It's on my lap then Maybe that's my problem Oh, and of course I meant to capitalize that Oh, I didn't notice, David we're, we're we're watching me use my new writing tablet thing. Okay, so I think port would have like a dot devices. devices. And this would be like a tuple of device. And a corollary that I'm thinking of is like the bealy io. connections. I don't know what I'm doing so that it's doing that. Like very similar style. Ugh. Pen and paper under the top down camera works best. Yeah. That that would make sense too. Except I only have two more streams after this. So I <laughs> this point I'm like I'm not going to change change my setup at all. Um yeah, I guess it could work, but I don't have the I don't have the hover cam set up. So that's that's kind of like the corollary that I'm thinking of. So the other class that we would have or one other class we would have here is a uh, device. Why is that oh am I bumping the there is a button on here that I'm not aware of. So these would you wouldn't construct these devices you would get um, you would you would get them from the port object and they would automatically create them for you. So internally they would know like device number dev dev number it was to the number sign. So that is like the internal reference number that's used on the USB port but then you'd also be able to do like D dot vendor ID vendor ID dot product ID uh, and these are like your two super coarse like um, yeah I'll get better at it too USB to do automation stuff. Ooh, that is one thing I thought about. So if we could do USB host and do mass storage, CDC, we'd be able to automatically update another CircuitPython board and verify that it works. So I think this could actually be really useful for automated CircuitPython testing. Um, Okay, so where am I? So other things that we want, we definitely want the, the descriptor and this is the thing that is the like tells you a lot more, um, lot more information about what the device can actually do. And then there, I, one one thing I was thinking about is there's a command in USB that is get string descriptor. So in the descriptor itself, there may be things that say, "Hey, I have a string name for this," and then you have to look up the ID. So I'm considering having like a get string descriptor function call where you'd give it like the number of the string descriptor that you care about um but i'm not sure that that is the not sure that's the best approach because generally i like it to be better documented, but this is kind of like more of a freeform thing. (laughs) Kevin says, when you said you only have two more streams, are you leaving Adafruit or something? I'm not leaving Adafruit. I am going to be on paternity leave because I am going to have a child at some point soon. Well, the the kid's due date is the end of next month, so it's not like I'm overdue, but yeah, I'm going to be taking 18 weeks off total this year for learning how to parent a small child. get string descriptor seems very Pythonic. I generally don't like getters, but I think in this case, because the one, I think at this level of the API, one thing I want to avoid is I want to avoid being too device type specific. I actually want to be pretty vague. Yeah, import parenting. I want it to be um, Pretty generic at this level. So this is the this is the first level that I think you kind of need as a baseline minimum to do USB host. And then, like Pierre was talking about earlier, um, this is the level that we can build Python libraries on top of. For for example, TinyUSB has a a DualShock Four, which is a USB controller example, right? Like um, they have the Uh, like, there's no reason for CircuitPython to have DualShock 4 support built in. And even just supporting keyboards generically could be really tough. (laughs) Kevin's relieved. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for some time off. I'm ready to have to, uh, do some, do some parenting, some diaper changes. Um. And yeah, YouTube has machine-generated subtitles. We do we do have a little bit of a delay, but the delay is so that the subtitling stuff can can happen. Um, oh yeah, and the Luna that David points out is actually another FPGA product. Um, okay, so so device and then vendor ID, product ID. Descriptor get string descriptor. I think that's largely what you need to figure out. Okay, what am I connected to, and what can it do? And then in this descriptor, this descriptor here, which I don't really want to have native parsing stuff for, I want Python level parsing. Um, the other thing it's going to tell you is it's going to tell you the endpoints that it has and and what they can do. So I think that. Maybe we want like a... do we want like a a get endpoint get endpoint? or is it like a is it more like a separate, well, it, this would take a number as well. And maybe does it have to tell us... What about get serial number? Yeah, we could have serial number. So that would be up here. So the next step to figuring this out is I like to actually write the docs. If you've ever looked in CircuitPython's, um, if you've ever looked in Python's code base, you'll see there's a shared bindings <laughs> and shared bindings is where we do the conversion from like Python objects and functions into C. And that's where we'd like to put the docs in line. Um, so that's, I actually like to write those up first. And then what I do is I kind of work from there. And um, and then uh, from there, I'll implement it kind of all the way down. Um, and Pierre says, would you need get endpoint or get message from queue? Yeah, So so what I would do is, and maybe let me... Open a new file, which I could just do it. So, so the other piece of this puzzle is so this is USB USB host. Well, this is a question. Continued. Um, I'm picturing like an endpoint um, in. Right. So this is the thing that has the buffer of um, packets in in. And then there's also endpoint out. And that's generally one or the other buffer outgoing. We may not actually need to buffer outgoing, but that could be there. And then I think the only one that's weird, so control can do um, is actually Uh, bi-directional. So I think think we want two different ones because, Because I want it to be, when you're working with the object, I want it to be clear. So this this would have like a, a device and an endpoint number associated with it. And this would have a device and an endpoint number associated with it as well. I don't I don't know exactly how you would get it from the device. I'm not sure you would just construct it. Like, it would make sense... HID has both in and out. I don't think that's on the same endpoint number though So you would have you would just have two objects. You would have one for one direction and one for the other direction You don't need to have both Um, Like I think that Yeah, I don't think they're they're both Mmm Where was that other one? Where I work. Oh, folks are back. I don't know where that came from. I've been playing around the idea of USB devices for sensors and motors that could be used with either PC or Mindstorms. Ellisys, um, I think, is what Tac uses i use beagle i have a beagle 480 now that's pretty handy oh there it is zarnland says where i work we tweak the usb to handle 128 endpoints at once Um, i think the main thing is that um like per endpoint you get different buffers RP twenty forty featherboard with Wi Fi for fifteen bucks. I'm all about unless you need PIO on the RP twenty forty, just buy an S three. Like. Or an S two. Like the ESPs, if you want Wi Fi, use an ESP. Like only if you need PIO do you need the RP twenty forty. Like and some people have said they do, but Generally, I I don't really like two controller solutions. Okay, so I think so. This is five classes, and these are basically going to mimic like, these are basically queues. So, inspiration for what this API is is like queue, but also like uh, packet buffer from uh, BLE.io is also an inspiration for what that'll be. Um, and in fact, we have, we want, I haven't done it yet, but we should be able to do key, like HID host over BLE and like they should be, we should be able to swap those in. So this is also gonna be modeled after Q. And packet buffer, although packet packets out rather than packets in. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's kind of the, that's the lowest level, that's the lowest level of it all. I was considering, and I'm not sure what I want to do, but, um, I was considering doing, like, endpoint types, so USB host, um, like, bulk but I don't think I think we can just split by direction. I don't think we need like host uh, interrupt. Like I don't think we need separate um, sets of things for these things. Um, Oh, interesting. Controlling 32ZC at once, which results in a lot of endpoints. Correct. HID host over BLE. Wait, my brain hurts. You mean connecting a BLE keyboard to a CircuitPython BLE board. Correct. Correct. So that's that's a similar case where it's going to be sending you reports of what keys are pressed, and you need to buffer them in. Um, so that you can see like what all the keys were pressed. And we don't currently do that. There's a bug on the BLE library, but I haven't actually gotten to it. But when we're thinking about this API, we should be able to build kind of the same thing on top of the two. And we've, we've managed to do the HID. HID device is pretty interchangeable between USB and BLE. So we've done a good job there. We just need to do it kind of the other direction of reading reading data in. So I think the thing that I've been thinking about there, and this is, I've gotten, I haven't talked about keyboards yet, but I've also been thinking about keyboards in general. So I think, and I've been thinking about how I would write keyboard software. So like there's, there's a, existing examples of like QMK, and K MK are kind of the classic examples. but I have a problem with this code because they they say like they don't show you the loop, which is kind of my my I beef um, And I was thinking more about like what a keyboard is doing. it's it's like a while true loop, right? And the first thing it does is it like, um, Gets all pressed keys. And this is a matter of like key number. And then you can translate that to um, from key number to like USB HID number, which is what BLE uses as well. But the problem is, well, and that's what you would send over BLE or a- BLE or USB. But there's a third step that you need if you're uh, wanting to actually show something. Like in the terminal, you would do uh, like USB, for, like HID to like ASCII or what is it? Like VT100? or UTF-8. So this is not only like characters, but also like uh, cursor control, Uh, like, like deleting characters. I'll be curious to see what y'all think of my let me scribble and GIMP stuff. Um, but I thought this could be... I, th- I feel like I've kind of, like, struggled a bit showing my process for API design because usually it's, like, me trying to, like, formulate sentences to type in comments. <laughs> Whereas this, this lets me be a little briefer on screen, but also talk about what I'm thinking about. Um, and so this process is interesting, right? Because what we're talking about um, for USB host is here, right? Like this is USB host. Or like USB host is one of the things that can do this. Um, same with Bealy or key scanning can do this too. Um, and then if we want to be able to do like this C64 circuit Python, right, where it's all built in, like we need to do this whole process natively kind of outside of Python um, because we want it to run after that. Um, this is the first time I've used this tablet, but I'm happy with it so far. Um... My wife, we got a new couch, and she wants to play around with it. <laughs> always get always good stream when I'm texting on camera. Um, okay, so yeah, so this is what, kind of what in my in the back of my brain I'm thinking about too. Of not only that, when I support USB host in CircuitPython, I also need this this process here to get into basically. Oh, I didn't say this, but this is basically like uh, the equivalent of like USB serial, right? Like, this is the equivalent of what we are getting over the serial link um, from CircuitPython. So, yeah this is something that if we want to have that experience of just editing and and using a keyboard to input into CircuitPython this is the stuff that we need to do Um, (laughs) and then also um, thinking about just mechanical keyboard software there's this this stuff too and and one of the one of the tricky things is in here or in here um and maybe pierre is talking about this too is actually like um what is it key maps key layouts like i don't actually use qwerty q-w-e-r-t or colmac so like if i wanted to create a circuit python thing i use colmac so I actually need to do this like an extra mapping step in here as well, so that I'd be able to actually type on it. Um, so yeah, this is um, this is my process. My brain is thinking about what I want for the USB host interfaces. So let's just take a peek at there. And if folks have feedback on this, let me know. Um, but basically, what we'll have is we'll have a port class that you give it the pins that you want to use for the port. And for most microcontrollers, that'll be super limited, right? Because they don't usually connect a lot of different ones to it. Um, but potentially, when we do RP2040 PIO, that'll be pretty flexible. They'll need to be next to each other. But um, but besides that, like generally, that's going to be pretty constrained. Um, and then for device, so, so on a port you'd be able to see all the devices on it. Um, you'd be able to have a device object with some basic information like serial number, vendor ID, product ID, and descriptor. And then you'd be able to kind of do these like manual get things based on the descriptor that you've understood. Like we're not going to do descriptor parsing in, in the core except for keyboards which will be separate and as part of a separate module so we don't have to have all of it all at once we need to like split it up into chunks so we have port we have device and then we have endpoint in and out and in and out can handle all the different types of endpoints um i don't think we actually need to care like tiny usb really is just transfer transfer and transfer complete callback um but I do want in and out to be separate, just so that the APIs are different. And so we might, we might need to expose the control access to. We probably do. And it's weird because it's bi- bi-directional on a single endpoint. Um, I don't think we're going to do this, so I could just cross this off. And then, um, because I don't think there's a lot of code that's different between all of them. And then the highest level is, like, thinking about this key- this keyboard process. So what? It's USB host will be five classes, port, device, endpoint in, endpoint out, and control. Um, and those will all be built on tiny USB. And that will give you enough information to see what's connected to you. Oh, that's what we need. Um, device needs dot .connected. Because just like in BLE land, um, you could plug a device in, start using it in CircuitPython, and then unplug it, and you have a problem. Um, and Folknology says async USB host versions. So I think that generally this isn't async I.O., but a lot of it will be asynchronous. Like we could get these things early and store them or not. Like maybe we don't actually get the descriptor until you call it and that's blocking. But generally the way that we'll do async is through these queue like objects rather than proper async IO. Um, a lot like packet buffer where you just say like, is there another one? (laughs) Um, and maybe in the future, we integrate that into async IO so that you can actually like sleep while it's happening, but that's complicated. Um, so this gives me a sketch of what the API looks like. And then my next step, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sketch it all out and start filling it in. And then what I'll do is I'll do examples as well. So I'll, I'll do example code that is actually useful for um, testing. So my first example will be USB import USB host, USB host, oh, here I'm writing it in the air. Let me just do one last one so like if we're talking like the most basic example it's going to be import USB host and then p equals USB host port and blah 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 and then I'm just going to do print Uh, p dot devices and maybe I'd do that in a loop Um, so that I could like watch how that changes as I plug in a device and unplug a device and then maybe once that works I do like a for d in p dot devices maybe that's what I do instead and then I could print like D dot vendor id right like that's the first product id like that's my first mo- most basic like that I, in video game ter- terminology this is like the quote unquote vertical slice right this is the proof of concept that goes from circuit python uh, into C into tiny USB to the hardware and back and then back um, so yeah that's the plan <laughs> hopefully I didn't bore too many of you I think I lost lost some viewers but um, all right well I think I will maybe I'll export these and just so that we can dump them in the note doc as well, um, but I'll do that off stream, not with this, but with the with the mouse instead. Um, any final questions? We're just about out of time. Otherwise, and I'm hoping to have like this API laid out in a like draft PR um, for for feedback as well. And it's getting hot in here. 77. But yeah, that was good. I've been thinking about that. What's the model of your magic tablet? I have a Wacom, I think the BLE version is only like $10 more. So this is what it, that's the front and it's the Intuos. Oh, you can, it's still, Kind of small. Here let's switch. This is the back. Can you read the model number? It's um CTL sixty one hundred W L. But yeah, I just I just set it up like right before the stream and it's been working pretty well. So um so far so good. based on your writing you should have been a doctor (laughs) i've got time i'm still young i could be a doctor i'm not yeah i type i don't write that's why i was talking while i was scribbling all right let me pull up my housekeeping so thank you all again uh, for joining me for this deep dive happens every week fridays at 2 p.m pacific uh, i'll only be doing it for another two weeks and then i'll be on paternity leave um, if you want to support me um, please do that by going to adafruit.com and purchasing stuff there um, if i distracted you and got in, got you into digikey ordering digikey is great and they support adafruit too so don't feel bad about that you can purchase adafruit stuff from digikey and um that also like benefits Adafruit. So don't feel bad for picking up Adafruit stuff from DigiKey as well. Um, if you want to chat with me and a bunch of others, uh, we're on the Adafruit Discord server, which is this middle box here. Uh, you can join it by going to adafru.it slash discord. And um, that will be where we're hanging out. We're talking CircuitPython. Uh, CircuitPython dev channel's got updates about like all the stuff that's coming into CircuitPython. So it's, it's the place to be circuit python development Um, next week's on friday and probably the week after that too Um, and yeah uh all notes are available on github thank you to um david and patrick for taking those notes and aggregating them together um that's github.com adafruit deep dive notes and um Yeah, thanks to those two. Thank you all for hanging out. Um, Welcome to the new folks. And we'll see you on Discord. And we'll see you on the deep dive next week. So I will pet both cats, which I don't usually do. and, uh, And then get out of here. I always end the stream with petting cats, if you didn't realize that. And usually Vin's not in here, so we'll see what she does. Have a great weekend, everyone. Get these. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone.